0: Hey, welcome to episode 17 of the Hockey Free For All podcast. I am your host, Steven Stiles, and lots of topics and things to talk about. Let's just dive right in. Player development, patience, and communications by the management and coaching staff have already seemed to have significant positive effects, not only on the younger players, but on the veteran players as well. Younger players such as Suzuki, Caulfield, Jacki, Gooley, Harris, Slavkowski. Doc, and Kovacevic are already exceeding expectations, and veterans such as Brendan Gallagher, David Savard, and Sean Monaghan look stronger, healthier, more complete, as well as looking like they're actually enjoying the game far more than they have in a long time. It must be nice not to have all those just nagging continuous injuries. They all look like they had a really good summer for recovery and a really good summer to kind of get back in shape and maybe alter what they have traditionally done off-season workout-wise and come into the season maybe a little bit more ready to go. It's been extremely pleasant to see the ridiculous and unfounded and just continually obsessive questioning and behaviors have ceased regarding coach Martin St. Louis and for that matter the rest of the coaching staff such as Stefan Robidas. They have the abilities and not only have they shown they have the abilities but have done a really good job with both the rookies and the veteran members. So with that said hopefully there won't be any continuation of how the staff needs a veteran presence or any of that type of issues i would say the only thing that i might want to see on the coaching staff is the hiring of someone specifically like brad richards to take over the power play which seems to continue to remain as a mystery and one of their biggest problems almost like they'd be better off not having a power play and saying you know what we'll take a pass on the power play we'll just play it regular five on five because we seem to do better that way however there's apparently some other Other people questioning how could owner Jeff Molson bring in a Yankee to run the organization and the question or maybe statement I have to make here is, are you kidding me? Jeff Gorton is one of the most respected men throughout the entire NHL. Jeff Gordon is why the Boston Bruins have been so successful for so long, in addition to the rest of their management staff. Jeff Gordon is the reason that the Rangers are one of the elite teams in the NHL right now, and Zabana Janoff and many others, such as Arturi Panarin, have been acquired by his management when he was in play and the rangers are now reaping the benefits of that all the draft choices the excellent minor league system the ability to develop players which has turned them into a serious stanley cup contender there's also negative comments floating around questioning the hiring of kent hughes which is equally as puzzling the argument or statement of hiring a yankee doesn't even apply to kent hughes as he's from the west island of montreal the fact that kent hughes spent 25 years in boston is irrelevant certainly doesn't somehow transition him into a yankee he was born and raised in the west island in montreal quebec so i totally at a loss to understand these questioning of jeff gordon and Kent hughes especially because of yankee that that just seems w- way off the chart and out of left field and goes back to that whole language issue i would hope that the canadians as an organization and not the organization itself but its fans would recognize that what they want to see more than anything else is the stanley cup return to its rightful place at home and whoever it is that makes that happen i I would think would be lauded, appreciated, and admired for achieving that goal, which is always the ultimate goal for that organization. The fact of where they're from, how that can even relatively matter at a minimum is just mind boggling these days. Aren't we as a world starting to and finally getting into the, it doesn't matter what or who you are, gender, what country you're from, or anything else. If you can do the job, you're the person for the positions. If you can't do the job, doesn't really matter who you know, what language you speak, or anything else. That just seems really weird. Additionally, there also seems to be somehow questioning of the knowledge and skill set of GM Kent Hughes. Well, let's take a look at what he's done so far. So far, every deal he's touched and the return that he's got or the assets that he has obtained has been outstanding how is that a detriment to the canadians or how would that be a detriment to any nhl team that has a gm with that ability he has unprecedented skill sets and a unique insight regarding player communications because of his 25 years as a player's agent what impacts a player their kids their entire family how the game fits into their life are they dealing with any side issues that's a whole new dimension to the position of gm that i don't think anybody else has previously bought let's keep in mind jeff gordon has been in the gm chair or assistant gm chair with the boston bruins and the new york rangers so it's not like kent hughes is flying blind has no one to maybe bounce something off of or anything else that's why they call it a team everybody is working together one of the most exciting things that i ever heard as this new team was being put together piece by piece was we're gonna think outside the box we're going to do things a little differently and coincidentally the organization's fans have been screaming for change something different blow up the status quo the status quo hasn't worked all of that's in place now working quite well as they migrate their way through not only a tremendous roster change but getting rid of dead weight and contract and all kinds of other issues that has plagued the organization in recent years. How has that become a detriment in any way? That's everything that everybody's wanted to see, everything that everybody's hoped for, including the hiring of Coach Martin St. Louis and his staff, which I know this is a weird topic that's been going on since he came into the organization. Well, I don't understand what he means by new concepts. He has to jump into a system. He has to create a system. Well, guess what? Systems don't work. Concepts have flexibility. Concepts have adaptability. Concepts use players for their position of skill and abilities. Doesn't that equal putting people in a more winning position and the potential to have far greater success? How does that not make sense? That is really, really odd that there's been people that have highly questioned that when the organization has desperately needed that, and they're not the only organization, that desperately needs that. He brings new dimension, new concepts, new abilities to a position, just like Kent Hughes does to his position. Kent Hughes has migrated through player contracts flawlessly. He clearly demonstrates he has a deft touch at obtaining assets, specific skill players that he wants, and making trades. Every roster move that he's made an adjustment with or tweaked has proved to be a benefit to the club. So I can't wait to see what he does at the trade deadline this year, because as everybody knows, Jonathan Drouin, Mike Hoffman, Evgeny Donatoff, Christian Dvorak, Sean Monahan, and maybe even Jake Evans and Rem Pitlick are all going to be available at the trade deadline now that may seem like a lot of players availability on the trade deadline but we know most of those people have not been good for several years josh anderson is the one out of that group along with christian dvorak and maybe even sean monahan could anybody imagine if kent hughes is able to get three additional first-round picks. Those three players might fetch that. The rest of them, who knows? If you could unload Druan, Hoffman, and Donatoff for second- or third-round picks, do it. If you can unload Jake Evans and Rem Picklick, who respectively is a seventh-round pick and a player picked up on waivers who have kind of seemed to have a little health issue, as well as, in the case of Rem Pitlick, not quite gelled with the team this year, make those trades. It's not like the Canadians are lacking any depth in those positions. You've got plenty of players in Lavelle. That can take care of and fill in those positions because we're talking third and fourth line positions there. And let's go back to Dvorak, Anderson, and Monahan for a second. If he could obtain first round picks for those players, and even one of those players is an additional first round pick in the 2023 NHL entry draft, even if that pick is late in the bottom third of the draft, you can take a chance on a goaltender at that position. And there are several goaltenders that could easily not only sneak into the bottom third of the first round of the 2023 draft but also could be there with second round picks and third round picks. And as we all know, again, nobody's happy about it, starting with mostly Carey Price, but they are going to need a replacement. And again, they've, they've got some people in the organization now that may turn out to be diamonds in the rough that we've already talked about, like Jacob Dobb and Frederick DeCiao and things like that. But this also gives them the availability with those kinds of extra draft picks. When you have that many picks, maybe you can go off the board a little bit. Will the pick be questioned? Absolutely it will be questioned. But does it it make sense? Does it address a positional and organizational need? Absolutely in this case. So wouldn't that be nice for the Canadians to kind of have that flexibility in addition to the continuation of unloading contract, decreasing team payroll, not to go spend it somewhere else and pick up somebody else, but to have cap management compliancy and have cap availability for the many players like Cole Caulfield, Caden Gooley, and many others that are going to require new contracts and the way that they're playing, they're going to require some big new contracts. So you obviously have to have the flexibility to do that. so I have absolutely no idea why anybody is questioning the hiring of Jeff Gordon, Kent Hughes and here's a player or a executive I haven't even mentioned yet people seem to be wondering what Vincent Lecavalier is doing Martin Saint Louis or Stefan Robidas, even remotely as they've addressed a plethora of issues made a plethora of changes both on the coaching staff and what the message is to the players and how to get the players engaged and and in management that the franchise has needed for decades. Number one being there wasn't even a development staff within the organization. Now they have one of the best in the league. They went out and hired one of the best people to lead it. They have enhanced and increased the number of people on it. That just strikes me as odd that anybody would find a problem with that. Secondly, both existing players and prospects immediately have already benefited, as we've said, from the coaching change and the concept that Martin St. Louis wants them to play with and gives them the freedom to play with. From the rookie training camp to preseason to the regular season, every player now clearly understands what their individual goal is, team expectations, what the team goal is, what their role is in the team. That hasn't been defined for years. And of course, like we talked about, there's the thinking outside the box, throwing the same old non successful ways out and bringing in new concepts that will work that are representative of the modern game that allows the team to be competitive and most importantly look cohesive and look like they have chemistry because one of the things that we talked about last year's team about previously they looked lost they had no chemistry they looked like they didn't care this year they look like that there doesn't seem to be the dissension in the locker room there doesn't seem to be the disconnection of the players are like, yeah, we know hockey season has started. We really don't care. We're not that good. We've tuned out our coach. None of that exists this year. How has that not been a remarkable improvement over the previous seasons? And when I say previous seasons, we're going back a long time. I mean, right back to at least 2000. The, the last time there's been that incredible energy, that incredible connectivity and chemistry on the team, you could honestly say in the Stanley Cup playoffs of the 2021 season that existed because of Philip Deneau, Shea Weber, and Carey Price. Prior to that, you gotta go back to the 93 and 86 Stanley Cup champions. There's just been a lot of disconnect for a long time, and it's really nice to see that energy return throughout the organization. From Jeff Molson, right down to the last person on the totem pole. And it's interesting for people to critique all these different particular issues because there was a whole bunch of people as soon as last season ended that were already saying oh we got a tank we got a tank Connor Bedard Connor Bedard Connor Bedard, Bedard we got a tank well that's great so if all these problems that people are saying oh I'm questioning this this and this if that actually existed wouldn't that help the organization tank so obviously the organization doesn't want to tank the organization as Martin St. Louis has said from a coaching perspective we want two things this year we want development and we want growth we want to see players move forward and gel in the way that we think they need to in the way that they need to connect with their teammates and find the right teammates for them. So the new management and coaching staff have trashed the same old philosophies, the system theory that you, how you must have one or that you must have one, broken the mold of players must fit a system to have any kind of success and allowed players to flourish by using their existing skill sets and maximizing it. It's clear the coaching staff has the vision to understand how to position players to excel and not fail by forcing them into positions or systems that don't match their talents. How is that a problem? How can that be a negative for the organization in any way but i am just absolutely amazed that there are really actually people out there finding faults or have discontent with jeff Gordon, ken hughes martin saint louis or any of the other changes that the organization has made that that is just mind-boggling to me to say the least is the fact that these highly skilled and knowledgeable men will not only succeed but have already put things in place and shown the direction and positivity that people have wanted for years is there jealousy out there i mean is that what's driving it that that would be really sad that would be incredibly sad that would actually be pathetic even more than sad switching back to players it looks like your ice is showing he belongs in the nhl and should stay at the nhl level with that said if he's getting 13 to 15 minutes and I believe he needs to be on the number two line as the left winger most of the time or at least the number three line and I think Martin St. Louis again is the perfect coach to bring him along he obviously played a very long and successful career himself he's a Stanley Cup champion and again he thinks the game still like a player does and understands what a player goes through the ups and downs what they're dealing with he gets it very quickly that Yarav Slavkowski is not only an 18-year-old kid, not only a rookie, not only has the pressure of being the number one pick overall, like his teammate Vincent LeCavalier was, so I'm sure Vincent LeCavalier can speak to him on a level that few other players have, because not everybody is the first overall pick. And they've positioned him with a local family to ease him into the transition of a whole new entire life and geographical location. That's a lot for a player to take on. Now, could he benefit from playing in Laval? Could he get more minutes? Yes, he can. And the people that have said that are absolutely correct from that perspective. However, would he really learn anything? Is there anything else for him to learn at the AHL level? You want to say yes, but it's argumentative. Is there anything that he could learn at the NHL level that Martin St. Louis cannot do the same gaining him experience? So it could play out any number of different ways. You could have Slavkowski play the first nine games, which now the Canadians are four and four as of their win in Buffalo last night. So there's only one more Game that way, send him down and bring him back up at the trade deadline. Or keep him there all year if you're going to guarantee him the primarily left wing position on the second line and occasionally on the third line and with 13 to 15 minutes. I think both scenarios would serve him very well. But unless he's showing a problem understanding the game, thinking the game, understanding his role, is there really a benefit to sending him to Lavelle? It's a very interesting discussion. That honestly could have no ending. There's all kinds of different perspectives one or individuals could take on that, and I would be remiss if I didn't acknowledge the fantastic season of Arbor Jacki. He is having and bringing to the team not only a fantastic season but more skills so far than I think. Anybody intended. Not only does Jack Eye bring a physical presence to the Canadians that they haven't seen since John Cordick, Lyle Odelin, or Chris Nyland, but he can skate fluidly. He has a great first pass. He has a cannon for a shot. That is a great skill set for a physical player like Arbor Jackeye. I think he is much more than people even dreamed about. And I truly believe will be a cornerstone on the team. Now, the defensive grouping for the Canadians is an interesting story as well. Because right now, you kind of have an issue going on. So you have Mike Matheson and Joel Edmondson who are currently on the injured reserve list for quite a while purely a guess Edmondson's problem has got to be the back injury that kept him out all but 24 games last year Matheson we know has a lower body injury I'm thinking Matheson won't be back until either mid or late December or the 1st of January next year I hope he's back sooner but it creates an interesting scenario because now you have Caden Gooley who's played phenomenally well and has played as if he's been in the NHL for years looks completely comfortable has paired phenomenally well with David Savard. That looks like a solid pairing that could be, exist for the remainder of Savard's contract, at least. And who knows, maybe Montreal will re-sign Savard, but that's getting more towards the problem that I'm talking about. So you've got Matheson and Edmondson, who are both left-hand shot defensemen. Well, what happens when they come back? You already have Caden Gooley, Arbor Jacki, and Jordan Harris, who also has had a phenomenal season, who also is playing 20-plus minutes a game, Looks very comfortable... Those are your three left defensemen right there. So what happens when two more left-hand defensemen come back on top of Jonathan Kovacevic, David Savard, and Chris Weidman? And now the Canadians have traded Cameron Hill, former third-round pick in 2018, to the Chicago Blackhawks for Nicholas Bodine. So Bodine most likely is going to go to the Laval, which he's already been sent to, and stay there, I'm thinking. But now you still have five left-handed defensemen and three right-handed defensemen. So So with the excellent pairing that Savard and Gouley represent, nobody I don't think can imagine that being broken up and Savard being traded or something. Jonathan Kovacevic has looked solid since he was picked up off the waiver wire from Winnipeg and would seem like a really good defensive pairing with Arbor Jack So do you move Harris to the right to play with Matheson? I mean, because Harris can play right D and left D. That's about the only thing that makes sense. Unless you're going to make Matheson a right-hand defenseman all of a sudden. And it seems like he definitely has the preference of the left side as his natural position where Jordan Harris maybe can play either but that still leaves you with a problem because what do you do with Joel Edmondson and what do you do with Chris Weidman now Weidman is the easier of the two because Weidman came into this season knowing that he was basically going to be a fill-in player he wasn't going to be an every night player. He was going to take spots either when other people were injured, somebody wasn't playing well for a prolonged period of time, somebody needed a break, or whatever the reason the coaching staff thinks. But in the case of Edmondson, you just made him an assistant captain this year with Brendan Gallagher under Captain Nick Suzuki. So does he suddenly become trade bait? Do you platoon a couple of guys until some point where somebody gets traded, like Weidman gets traded, Edmondson gets traded? I can't imagine that Ghooley, Jacki, Harris, Matheson, Kovacevic, or Savard are gonna get traded. So that's five out of your six defensive positions. You only got six. And I don't think Edmondson is gonna be very satisfied with playing like only occasionally and watching from the press box. So that tells me there's some more defensive moves at some point. So I would have to think that Joel Edmondson is great as his physical size and presence is as great as his veteran leadership could be for players the fact that he was named an alternate captain with the injuries that he had last year that only allowed him to play for a total of 24 games and now he's injured already this year maybe unfortunately and it sounds harsh because everybody's like really you'd trade somebody just because they'd get injured you have so many bodies and so many players that are ready to play in that organization right now due to some outstanding drafting and i know this is going to be hard for some people to take in of Mark Bergevin especially in 2020 and 2021 and let's not forget about Cole Caulfield's 2019 draft so because those three drafts under Bergevin and he found some diamonds in the rough in 2016 in the sixth round in Pezzetta 2014 in the seventh round with Jake Evans you got a full roster and we haven't even talked yet this season about Joel Armia who remains on the injured reserve list at this point and is yet to play so there's a spot that needs to be found for him at some time to make him available at the trade deadline along with the jonathan druans mike hoffman evgeny Donatoff, and all the other players that i mentioned so it's going to be and that's what i said in the beginning of the season a very interesting season for very different reasons that most fans sit there and go who cares what's exciting about a trade deadline it's going to be very exciting to see how many of those players montreal moves what they get for them, and just to watch more and more of these young, solid draft picks and players find their way and take their position on the roster. It's going to be a really exciting season that way. But as I mentioned at the beginning of the season, although Jake Allen and Sam Montembeau have both looked great in goal this year, I wish them nothing but a very successful and completely healthy year and stabilize the position of goaltending because that was my worst concern or my biggest concern at the beginning of the season. And although they're playing really well and who knows, maybe they'll be the tandem for a couple of years, I still Want to see a lot more from Caden Primo. There's a lot of concerns I have there, mainly consistency of performance. And I think the 2023 draft is a year that Montreal can find that next goaltender. And there's a couple of them that I'm really following that are playing really, really well and are also, unfortunately or fortunately, good for them, maybe bad for the Canadians that are continuing to climb in the draft prospect rankings, hopefully, which does not lead to them not being available for the Canadians. Because I think that is something they definitely need to draft after this season concludes. On that note, thanks again for tuning into episode 17. I am your host, Steven Styles. Have a fantastic weekend, and we'll talk again next week